This is Fantasy Football Picks and Bets for Week 7, the props, the injury report, the updated rankings, and if you want to jump to a different point of the episode, go full house of pain. Jump around. I'm not going to care about that. But you can subscribe to the audio podcast as well on Fantasy Football Picks and Bets if you want to smash the like button to the episode Sub to Mayo Media Network to get all of the important videos and even unimportant videos that come out across all of the sports. Additionally, use code MMN at prizepicks.com to get a deposit match of up to $100. Hit the link down in the description. The full injury report will be in the Mayo Media newsletter. That's going to come out later on Saturday evening, so make sure that you are sub completely free. Also down in the description right now, as is the link to runthesims.com slash mayo. 10% off at Run the Sims. You're probably going to want to jump on that. Let's jump over to prize picks right now and find out our plays of the week. Uh, if we do go over to uh, to runthesims.com, you can see uh, Love Zach Wilson overs, which I don't personally, and Jacoby Brissett over pass completions. That I actually can see. So the one that I want to go with off the hop is actually going to be passing yards. Dak Prescott coming back from a thumb injury against a bad defense. How doesn't he blow up in the spot? No, 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 no. Thumb injury, a team you can run the ball on at will. We would saw the efficiency without Dak Prescott. As long as Kellen Moore doesn't change his offensive game plan and they, you know, Michael Gallup doesn't break a big one off of a juke or Pollard takes one out of the backfield on a pass, I love the less than 259.5 passing yards for Dak Prescott in this game. So that is going to be the main piece that I'm going with right now. You can go past completions uh, less than as well. If that's what you really want to do, you can go uh, less than 22.5. I believe the pass attempts is 35. I really like that number as well. Uh, if that's the way that you're 34 now, it was 35. It's down to 34. That's a way that you can most definitely play this one. Uh, and then if you wanted to, this is just a pure gut play. And I mean, the projections also love this as well. So I wouldn't go crazy on this. And we do at run the Sims. We'll look at this in a minute have Dak Prescott projected for around 220 yards. That's almost a 40-yard difference between the two of those. The other one that I'm going to go to is Nick Chubb in his game against the Ravens. The Ravens run defense, wildly overrated Chubb, coming off uh, the worst game of his season so far, but the guy's averaging over 100 yards per game, and it's down to 72.5. Look, he might not go over this number. Obviously, nothing is set in stone. Guy could get injured. He could have another really horrible game. All completely plausible in that regard. The biggest thing here is, like, the projections have him around 100 yards. It just very much reminds me of Week 3 Tennessee against Indy, when for the first time in, like, three years, Derrick Henry's number dropped from, like, the high 80s to the low 70s. Nick Chubb, every single week this year, outside of Week 1, when he absolutely smashed his low number, has been in the mid-80s to low 90s in rushing yards. And yeah, they are dogs against the Baltimore Ravens, sure, but if they're going to have any chance in this game to keep it close, that's staying within a one-score game. It's not like the Ravens are favored by 25 in the game and like oh my god how could the Browns ever throw I actually like a lot of the Browns overs in the receiving game as well I think there's a lot of points scored in this contest but more than 72 and a half rushing yards for Nick Chubb is going to be my other play 100 pays 300 you can use that promo code MMN get the free 100 if you deposit 100 you can see what I played uh, as my five play every Friday on prize picks between I believe it's three and six eastern time they up the payouts on uh, the five play from 10x to 15x. So you get 50% more of your money in a payout if you do it during that time frame. So I have Dak, 
less than 34 pass attempts. Heineke, less than 32 pass attempts. Hayden Hurst, more than six fantasy points. Damian Pierce, more than 67 and a half rushing yards. And I did correlate Ezekiel Elliott, more than 15 and a half rush attempts with the Dak, less than 34. You have to think, like especially if as a seven-point favorite, that they win this game. It's just going to be a lot of running, very effective running on the ground, shorten the game, make sure that Dak doesn't do anything crazy, ease him back in with that thumb injury. And, oh, well, I got another one in here, too. Let's see. Brissett, more than 30.5 pass attempts. Dak, fewer than 34 pass attempts. Zeke, more than 15.5. Hayden Hurst, more than 6. So I'm playing a few throughout the course of the week. Might add some more. My single favorite one of the week, crazily enough, is actually Kenny Pickett, less rushing yards. Unfortunately, that's not on prize picks. That's just a prop that exists out in like, a DraftKings Sportsbook. So I are, I've bet that one hard this week. It's at 13 and a half rushing yards. Kenny Pickett in the Sunday night football game. It might get added after maybe on Sunday morning on prize picks or as the Sunday nighter gets closer, but you have to think. 13 and a half rushing yards is only there because it's propped up by his performance against the Jets when he came in at halftime and he scored the two rushing touchdowns. He doesn't really run at all. And he's coming off a concussion so you know he doesn't want to take any hits and if he does take a hit and he gets up even slightly wobbly on a Sunday night football game guess what he's not doing coming back in the game and that happened for us last week we've been crushing prize picks the last two weeks like I think I mean there was one on the full five play Christian Kirk over that lost last week everything else was a winner I think it was like seven for eight on that regard the Steph Curry promo one that I gave up the $20 into $200 that one came through. All the two plays came through. The three play of all the under on Cooper Rush, Skylar Thompson, and Kenny Pickett all came through as well. As two of the guys got hurt. And when you bet unders, you guys get hurt. You're going to win those ones every single time. So I love the Kenny Pickett under. I also like the Joe Burrow under 12 and a half rushing yards as well. That's also not being given out on prize picks at the moment. I went all of this uh, over all of this with Connor Allen and Ryan Noonan on the live prop show that I do with four for four. If you want to go check that out uh, the past few weeks, I think I've been three and one, three and one, four and oh on the props. We were 11 and one as a team last week. So you can go check that out on the four for four channel. But those are the ones I really like this week. So So Dak, less than 259.5 passing yards, and then Nick Chubb, more than 72.5 rushing yards. Okay, let's get into the Week 7 Injury Report. This is all in the Mayo Media Newsletter. Again, that will be updated on... Saturday evening, and it'll be updated again after the actives and inactives, just like the rankings up on DK Nation are right now. J.K. Dobbins underwent knee surgery. He's out four to six weeks. It doesn't appear like... Gus Edwards is going to be back. He hasn't practiced all week, but Justice Hill is likely to be in for this game. So you're going to get Justice Hill. You're going to get Kenyon Drake and then Mike Davis. Wouldn't worry too much about Mike Davis. But again, this is the uh, Ravens backfield. And we'll take a look at the rankings then. So we'll see. I have Drake down at number 31. I have Drake the highest of the bunch. I have Justice Hill coming in at number 46. If Hill outperformed Drake, it, it wouldn't stun me uh in any regard i just i don't have any faith in this backfield in terms of accurately predicting who is going to play if all of a sudden it's mike davis like okay the guy that you want running the ball in this backfield is very clearly lamar jackson and just because Kenyon drake was able to do it against the giants a week ago does not guarantee him any sort of role this week uh against the browns although it is a very good matchup uh, it might just be a passing game situation that we can get into the other injuries that we're looking at uh we can see Cam Akers is likely out again, although, I mean, he's dead most definitely because the Rams are on by. I don't know why I have likely out next.
next to that. Probably never going to play a game for the Rams again, by the way. Hines and Jonathan Taylor likely back in. Hines' past concussion protocol. Monday Night Football, Damian Harris is likely in. DeAndre Swift, he's still questionable right now. I think that he's going to play, but beware of that. And James Conner and Daryl Williams did not play on Thursday Night Football. I would expect to see them back coming off the mini-buy in a week's time. The other big news that we have at the moment is... Christian McCaffrey was traded from the Carolina Panthers to the San Francisco 49ers. So how is that going to affect the running back rankings this week? Because it looks like McCaffrey is most definitely going to play. So I have kept him essentially where he was, number seven. I think there's two ways that people are going to look at this. They're going to say, hey, we can't trust any running backs in the 49ers offense. You have Jeff Wilson, Elijah Mitchell's coming back. They throw to Kyle Juszczyk, Debo Samuel. He is definitely going to get some run out of the backfield. Absolutely. I think this is a fantastic landing spot for Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, you might get a few touchdowns stolen here or there, but he's coming from an offense that doesn't score touchdowns. So that's tough to really hit your overall upside. The floor for Christian McCaffrey was always so good every single week, especially with P.J. Walker playing quarterback, mainly because he has a negative dot. He's only going to throw behind the line of scrimmage. Perfect for Christian McCaffrey to pile up these cheap PPR points. And I don't think that he's going to average nine targets a game in San Francisco. I do not. But he can probably have four to six targets a game. And with such his high catch rate, he's probably around what? Five, four or five catches in that time frame. He is not going to accrue points on DraftKings this week, by the way. He's still in the system, but because he has switched teams, he will not have any points. So do not use Christian McCaffrey on DraftKings this week because the points aren't going to count for anything. But I, you can now just see him in that like 15 to 20 carries a game four to five to six catches a game. Now, all of a sudden, in an offense that actually scores points, is competent, has different weapons, and Trent Williams is coming back. It's a great situation. He could be the number one overall running back again. It could go the other way, where all of the worries of mixing in the other running backs and having Debo steal touchdowns, that's on the table. I think it's a far lesser outcome in the range of outcomes than Christian McCaffrey really being awesome on the 49ers. So I have him at number seven because he might not play a full complement of the snaps. That also bumps down Jeff Wilson into like Melvin Gordon, Antonio Gibson backup territory at number 38. The other one to talk about now is Donta Foreman. I have him at number 27. I think he is the larger end of the split in the Carolina backfield than Chuba Hubbard. I had Chuba Hubbard way down. The issue is, yes, Foreman is a starting running back. That's great news. Brian Robinson's also a starting running back. And like, do you really want running backs in the commander's offense? Through volume alone, Foreman should be fine. That means, I mean, let's let's take a, a peek here at what we're doing on runthesims.com so you can get an accurate representation of what this looks like. So we are going to go to the main slate and just take a look at some of these teams and see how we actually have it factored out. You have Carolina, a 13-point underdog at home against Tampa Bay. It's not a great spot for a lot of carries on the ground. So how do we have it out right now? So you can see that Justin, when he put in his inputs, he actually has Chuba Hubbard leading the backfield over Donta Foreman, 45% to... 36% with P.J. Walker carrying the ball, another 13%. I disagree with that. Now, he does have three times as much receiving game work for Hubbard over Foreman. Now, that can most definitely be true. I mean, Hubbard leaving the backfield could be true as well. I don't want to pretend like that's not the case. But let's live in a world where Foreman, who I do think is like uh, basically in a 60-40 split here. So we're going to bump down Hubbard. Let's pretend like he's not going to do much. Put him in at 21% of the offense. Donta Foreman in for 60% of the rushing. Now, we're going to up his rushing share as well. We'll bump 
Hubbard down to 21. That gives us 13% to play with. So we'll go to 54% in terms of touchdown market share. We can go to 55 based on how this works. You want everything to equal 100 at the bottom when you go run the Sims. And we'll make this a bit more flat. We'll go 6 and six and 7 just because, you know, Foreman's going to be on the field a bunch. So we might as well crank them up a little bit. We'll even go 8 for Hubbard and we'll go 10% for Donta Foreman, just because we know that the ADOT, again, is very low for P.J. Walker. He is starting in this game. So just being on the field more, if you project Donta Foreman to have more of a just be on the field for 60% of the snaps and Hubbard only for 40% around where I have them projected at in my personal rankings going through all of this then that's probably more of the split that you're going to see in pure passing down situations you might see Chuba Hubbard Chuba Hubbard Chuba Hubbard on the field more in obvious passing down situations but if Foreman's just simply going to be on the field more when they're passing in a lot of these circumstances on first and second down he just might backdoor his way into four five six targets so that is is something to watch out for. Chenault is uh, not necessarily. Oh, what are the Terrace Marshalls? She Smith, because obviously no more Robbie Anderson, Ian Thomas, and Tommy Treble. I'd be curious to see what the She Smith and Terrace Marshall Jr. receiving props are, because uh, they could just backdoor their way into some pretty easy ones. So let's just take a look at this and see what it looks like. Run the Sims, simulate the slate ten thousand times, come up with the projections for everything and how that affects both our DraftKings lineups and the overall projections. 10,000 times. Just simulated like that. Josh Jacobs, he's a good play this week, if you didn't know. Projections. So now for Donta Foreman, what are we looking at here? Uh, with how I have it in, it gives him 12 and a half carries for 60 and a half yards, 0.2 of a touchdown. But now he gets bumped up a little bit in the receiving game, two catches for 18 yards. That gives him 12 overall points on... The slate, you can see right there, 12. 12.0, uh, that gives him the same as Clyde Edwards-Alaire in this projection. Now, obviously, the when you run your range of outcomes, the outcome for Clyde Edwards-Alaire is much higher just based on the offense that he plays in, but he also now has more competition uh, in that backfield as well, and he has to score those touchdowns or all of a sudden he's not really doing the work that you want him to do in your fantasy lineup. So I thought that was just very interesting to go through. You can always go through and amend these any way you want. You can see the top five plays of the week in terms of pure raw points. Eckler, Jacobs, Fournette, Barkley, and Mixon. Then you're into your Brees Hall, Derrick Henry. We talked about the Nick Chubb prop earlier. You can see I haven't projected 91 yards rushing. The prop on prize picks is 72 and a half. So uh, I really like that number. Once again, I think that we've overshot a little bit on Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is going to come back to kill us one of these weeks. And hopefully this doesn't end up being the week and as I mentioned with Tambo on the DraftKings show I really like ETN this week in terms of a nice pivot play off of Kenneth Walker who's right next to him you can see the projected ownerships here 29% to 5% it's a $400 dif difference obviously ETN is lower down uh, in the price point but I do think that their upside is relatively similar here we've seen ETN get more work over the course of the past few weeks and he's just breaking big plays he doesn't need to have 20 carries or he just needs to find the stupid end zone he's getting wildcat from the one-yard line, not scoring. They're dropping a touchdown pass, but he's breaking a big one. Even last week, they called him down on a play that was very close, but it would have been a 75-yard touchdown run because he ran for it. Just they called him down halfway through, which I don't think that he was, but... You know, it was enough to be overturned, so I guess it was. But we still haven't projected at 13 points for this week, even only on 13 touches. If it swings in his favor a little bit against the Giants, who do not have a good defense, by the way. We can pretend like they have a good defense, but... 
you know, any metric and watching the game would tell you that they don't, that Travis Etienne is sort of like a kryptonite to that style of blitz-heavy Wink Martindale defense where you just get him outside the tackle box. He beats one guy. There's no one at the second level to bring him down. So big chunk yardage is where you want to be looking. But Foreman, with the numbers that I've put in, all of a sudden does appear in that range. He's also the dead minimum at running back on DraftKings. I don't know if I like him as a DraftKings play, mainly because when you take a look at the inputs... Of course, you have them as 13-point underdogs. That's not good news for anyone, right? So that's what we're doing at running back this week. Take a look at the wide receivers. You can see Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry, both DNP this week. That's not good. Hopefully they can be back coming off the mini-buy. We'll see with Michael Thomas. He's almost, I think he's missed four weeks now. Marquise Brown out another, I guess, three to five weeks now after missing Thursday night football. The return of DeAndre Hopkins was nice, though. Elijah Moore out due to personal reasons for the Jets. Julio Jones, Josh Palmer, Jamal Agnew, DJ Chark, Kadarius Toney, Kenny Galladay, Christian Watson, all out officially for week number seven. Randall Cobb placed on IR. Obviously, he's not playing from the injured reserve, so he's out as well. Jalen Waddell, Keenan Allen, Rashad Bateman, Sammy Watkins returning from injured reserve for the Packers. Tower Lockett, Marvin Jones, and Josh Reynolds all likely to play. Not official that they're in yet, but they are likely leaning that way based on their practice reports. Keenan Allen would be the one I'd watch the most out for because he said he doesn't want to play this week, go on bye week to get himself 100% healthy, but it seems like they might be rushing him back. Jahan Dotson, uh, Nelson Aguilar, and Kendrick Bourne, still questionable tags on them. Bourne and Aguilar playing on Monday night football, and it does seem like Mac Jones is going to return in that game. Dotson should be in a decent spot if he can return because Dynami Brown is out for that game, and Tower Heineke is obviously starting. And then you also have... Heineke is starting, Brown out, Logan Thomas is also out in that game, as you're going to see in the tight end injury report. Uh, Troutman missed Thursday night, that's why Juwan Johnson went off, he got to play like every snap. Darren Waller is out, Foster Moreau is in for the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, same as uh, like Darren Waller, Foster Moreau, Hunter Renfro may or may not play too, Mac, Mac, Hollins may or may not play. He's still like kind of a game time decision. Both those guys should play. Uh, that's why I did not include them at the moment, but uh, they are somewhat iffy. Just bringing that to your attention. Parham is out. Gerald Everett moved up in the tight end rankings to inside the top 13. Logan Thomas is out. Don't have a ton of interest in John Bates, but you know, maybe as a prop play going forward, Cameron Brait is out. Cade Otten uh, appears inside the top 10 at tight end this week Dalton Schultz and Pat Fryermuth both going to play I like some Schultz overs in that game although I like the Dak under passing I believe his over under passing or receiving prop this week is around 31 and a half seems really low for someone who's excelled in bunches while Dak Prescott has been the quarterback quarterbacks Mr. Unlimited Russell Wilson he's out Brett Rippon is starting for the Broncos it's a lateral move at this point because, I mean, Russell Wilson, yeah, he's probably better than Brett Rippon, but an injured with a lat and hamstring and how he's been playing Russell Wilson isn't. He's just really bad. So there we are, Brett Rippon. So I didn't adjust any of the Broncos receivers one way or another. Let's keep them the same. Kenny Pickett has a concussion. It looks like he'll play on Sunday Night Football. I still like his under-rushing prop. Tua in the same game should be MPJ Walker. Peach starting for the Carolina Panthers. Mac Jones is likely to start on Monday night. Uh, it looks like he's going to be active. He's practicing in full, just like Damian Harris is. 
uh, for the Patriots. Uh, Damian Harris is going to play as well. We can take a look at the actually running back rankings for him. I kind of glossed over it. I have Damian Harris at number 28, drop Ramondre down from number 8 to 17. I still think Ramondre gets the higher end of the split, but as we've seen in the past, that Damian Harris is the one who ends up with a lot of the goal line work. Maybe the torch has been passed. We don't know that, so we'll have to see how the split goes. Should be a very good opportunity for both of them to be somewhat playable against the Bears, though. Carson Wentz has been placed on injured reserve, so there's Heineke. That's why he's starting. If Heineke sucks, we'll see Sam Howell sooner rather than later. Wentz is actually eligible to come off injury reserve mid-November against the Colts. If you were wondering, Baker Mayfield out once again this week. Sub to the newsletter. It comes out Saturday. It comes out Sunday evening, Tuesday evening, and Saturday, like around dinner time uh, to get you updated throughout the course of the week. And that will get updated again, even if you just go to the subs, Mayo Substack, click on the link, and then you can just go read it for free if you want, if you don't want to sub. But it's easier when you sub because it gets sent to you right away. It's easy stuff, all right? Check out all the other shows on Mayo Media Network. John Legazia has his full DFS preview up for week seven. Tambo and I talked through the entire DraftKings slate. Obviously, the best bets, spread picks, it's all up there and sub to runthesims.com slash mayo to get your 10% off. All the rankings are down in the description as well. All now completely updated if you want to check them out. All right, I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. Yeah!